Welcome back to another edition of Scoreline Extra with myself Sinead Kyo. Coming up on this week's show we'll hear some post-match audio from Niall Carew on that bitterly disappointing loss to London. You'll also hear from Carlo Hurling boss Tom Mullally on that loss to Westmead in the Kyo Cup final. We'll check in with Dixborough management after that disappointing loss to Owlert, the Ballock of Wexford. Barrow Rangers post-match audio is also included. Uh, Mooncoin manager Willie Coogan chats to Shane as Croke Park beckons. We'll also hear from Eric Malloy on signing with Longford FC. We'll have some foot golf chat of course with Damien Coyne and then Davy Jones checks in with us on all things fitness and finally we hear from our greyhound expert Joe Sheehan. But first, we're going to listen back to some post-match audio there from Carlo Senior Football Manager, Niall Carew. Niall, I met you before when you were happy. I met you when you were disappointed. But I say you're as disappointed tonight as any man in Ireland after that. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm just good for, for all them players there. Um, you know, f- with four new debutants in, in defence. Um, but um, I just thought they were... I suppose I've never been as a player or as a coach I, I, I've never seen a game officiated like that before in terms of how one-sided the free count was even at half time I felt it was 13 frees to 6 they had 13 frees and we only had 6 and yet we had maybe 65-70% possession that doesn't add up to me um, I thought it was blatant fouls and Conor Crowley blatant fouls and Dara Foley uh, pickups that he accused us to do we didn't do I thought it was tackles going in from um, London um, that we didn't get freeze and if we put in the same tackles we got four yellow cards um, and I just I just thought it was it's so hard to take um, and I know it's hard to you know it's probably that man's first time to referee a game but my god it's so frustrating and look and Clarkey got sucked into um, like if you're wondering why he had to react because your man was catching him by the throat and um, and shoving him and pushing him and shoving him and then the minute he shoved back um, it was in front of the linesman your man lies down and Clarkey gets a straight red and it was a game changer oh it was a massive game changer well Look, Clarkey is, is a super player for us and he, he's the engine of, of what we do uh, defensively and offensively and um, with him going off uh, we, we certainly struggled and we were always going to struggle then with a man down because we had four debutants starting in the back line uh, four lads under 22 you know so we were always going to struggle then uh, because just didn't have the experience to galvanise that together um, so yeah they got through it was very easy after that uh, and the writing was on the wall and you know, I brought on a couple of subs to try and um, get more energy on, and we probably did it at times. But um, you know, when you're missing the likes of Ross Dunphy and Jordan Morrissey, um, Owen Root and Sean Gannon, them four have to come back. Um, you know, what's happening is you're bringing on players that are very inexperienced, and I, I'd say we probably had nine debutants that played today for Carlo. And that, that's a good thing. Um, but um, just the result, um, you know, the last 15 minutes was a nightmare for us, uh, and we just couldn't stop the flow. And I said it wasn't helped by. Um, I felt we were harshly done by in a number of occasions um, for freeze, and 
uh, that did us. But I did call one very harsh one after uh, he went forward, and it should have been a free back in, and he played on, and Madonna got the second goal, and it really killed the game. Yeah. And yeah. I think you were very uh, aggrieved at that on the sideline, and I think yeah. you, you might have picked up a yellow. Yeah, I picked up a yellow after, but sure, it was plain to see the Conor Crowley got absolutely shoved into the back from behind, um, and he plays on like for me. Sure, it's the easiest free to give in Gaelic mm. football. Uh, it's one that you hate your defender to do, and they went straight down and got a goal. Then, uh, but look, we we certainly uh, contributed to our own downfall in terms of we. Now you were ten points up. Mm, we were ten up, yeah, yeah. Um, and we definitely contributed to our own downfall with that. But we just needed Jamie to stay in the field. He's an experienced player for yeah. us. He contributed. He made. He scored and made the scores for you yeah. in the first half. Yeah, he's yeah. a game. He, he's he's a, he's a player's player. Like he's, oh yeah, he's a, he's he's a, he's a super player. And looking at the night, it was one seven to uh, three points at half time, and all of a sudden they were matching your score for score in the second half. But it finished up that they won the second half 2-8 to 6 points now that's a big turnaround and I know their, their bench was strong you're not worried about their bench but yeah. they finished very strongly they did finish strongly and they had all the momentum with them um, and you know when you have momentum you know it's very hard to stop that when you have so many I suppose lads making their debutant you know because they don't have the experience um, yeah. so like I'd say we'd nine altogether today that played um, if you go we started with four Mark Weir's only back in you can nearly count him he hasn't played a number of years you're in transition really oh yeah we are but we yeah. deserve this win today I yeah. thought you know yeah. I really, and I think now it's difficult for the league now because you lose the first match at home you're off the slide going next week and if you lose there you're down and if you win it's great you're back in yeah. it. But, but teams will take points from one another and always do in Division 4 you know that yeah I know absolutely uh, but we we will be out. Um, Dara Foley picked up a bit of a knock there as well, so I'm not sure how he's going to be next week. We're obviously going to be down Clarkey. Now, I'd like to have a look at that again if there was camera on it to see. I thought there was very little in it. Linesman is convinced that he shoved him in the face, and uh, by all accounts, that's a straight red. Um, but, like, for me, what went on before that was just ignored. Uh, that'd be fair comment, yeah. Um, so. No, that's that. That's the killing part. But I'm absolutely, I, I, I'm gutted, and maybe I can see it in you because you're normal, even yeah. in a defeat, a, yeah. a genuine defeat, you be. But I think what Carlo supporters will turn around and say, well, you were in control, we lost control. You're saying some of the decisions didn't help, but two eight to six tells a bit of a story as well. And you're down to fourteen men, so I think the moral of the story is, if it's fifteen men on the field, you lost your shape completely, and uh, you suffered. Yeah, I know we did, and we didn't counteract it. As I said, there's just too many young lads on the on the on the field. With no experience but and you were playing very well and we did we moved the ball well I thought defensively we had our shape perfect and I thought offensively we grew into the game as it went on and we were doing all the right things um, but we have to learn when we go a man down what's our, our next thing to do and we, we, we you know we give up the kick outs um, which in hindsight was probably the wrong thing to do uh, because we invited them onto us and with the extra man then to hurt us um, so yeah we, we probably didn't get it right in the side down either uh, but I, I think it was down to the experience on the field that let us down um, now I, I don't know maybe uh, am I wrong in saying that we were harsh done by with decisions now maybe when I look back and I'll say maybe no neither you're way off um, because you're, you're very blinded with your team um, but I, I just I just thought all the way through that um, they were getting frees that we weren't getting um, and that's very hard to take and um, no, I feel sorry for all them young lads in there making their making their debuts as the fella but um, 
I'm absolutely good. I've, I've I never can, I can see it in you. Yeah. But you look at it's going to be a long lead or seven matches. That's yeah. only one. I'm absolutely. sure there'll be a few victories. You've Waterford home here in a fortnight's time. Yeah. You have Sligo away next week. Won't be yeah. simple. But look, it's back to the drawing board, and yeah. we'll do it all again next week, Neil. Yeah, I know we will. And look, the, the big thing, like you know, we we'll get up in the horse again tomorrow and, and get going. But the big thing is that we are in massive transition. But I would have loved for them young lads uh, to get a victory and, and kick on. But. Uh, hopefully as you say yourself in a couple of weeks time we'll, we'll get back in the hearse and we'll drive it on I think London are going to take a few results in this campaign because it's a good strong London team yeah I um, probably wouldn't have said that after maybe 40 minutes 45 minutes uh, we were in total control um, yeah I don't know how good they are I think um We'll, we'll wait and see but um, just disappointed that we didn't get a result OK well commiserations tonight we look forward to seeing you next week thanks Niall Now I'm joined with the London captain, Liam Gavigan. Liam, I know you're a Greenford man, Sir Connell Gales. We've met several times before in Ricelip and elsewhere. Listen, uh, that's a big night for London and a big win. Yeah, huge night, especially being out for two years with, you know, the pandemic and whatnot. So to come back into the league campaign and first game, you know, we didn't know what to expect. It's, it's a new panel again. So uh, training's been going well last, you know, last couple of months. So we're excited for today. And, you know, it, it took us about 20 minutes to get up to the speed of the play. Like, you know, Carlo came out quick. But once we did, then I think second half, we drove on and, I think our, our bench, you know, the, the lads that came on off the bench made a huge difference and uh, in the end, we, uh, yeah, we got home in the end. Great to get the first win because you can look forward to the campaign now because two points on the board. Yeah, yeah, it's obviously it's exciting now. So, um, yeah, we're going to enjoy tonight, uh, you know, uh, and then we'll be back to work on Monday for next week. We've got a tough game in Ricelip against uh, Waterford. So, uh, yeah, it's a good win tonight, but now we have to back it up next week. Uh, just looking at the programme coming in tonight, I said I knew yourself. A lot of people know Liam Gavigan, you're a seasoned campaigner. I think you made your debut against Mayo, I think, in 2011. Uh, but a London-born captain it's brilliant for London GAA and a London-born manager so I mean that's great I know you can still get the lads coming across and the lads the Irish guys working in London and London-born players but great work in London at the moment yeah it's brilliant yeah um, thankfully like um, I was made captain in 2017 and I've enjoyed it and I think uh like Irish lads coming over like you know like you don't know if they're going to be there for a year or two years you know they could be gone off again so I think it's key for London like you know if we want to keep improving like bringing in English born lads because they're going to be there for you know 10 years and you can build a team around that so um, yeah like, I'm still enjoying it I'm, I'm loving every minute of it and uh, yeah I'm looking forward to next week again now still a young lad a win against Waterford four points London opening two games not a bad start but uh, that's another match you'll worry about that next week yeah exactly today's game uh we worried about that and uh, we got over the line and exactly next week it's a totally different game uh, Waterford you know a different team different style um, so yeah so we're looking forward to it we'll go back to training during the week and uh, yeah we'll be ready for next Sunday now that you're leaving Carlo with two points what did you do in the 22 months did you have a few matches could you do anything together I know it was strict in London as well but did you get to do anything at all no no it, it was very tough to do anything really um, most lads were back with their clubs um, and we got a bit of, we got a club campaign in the last couple of years uh, but in terms of London um, no we didn't really do much and I think uh, I think the, the panel that's there I think there's only 13 of us left from before COVID in uh, 2020 so um, it's a huge turnaround again but um, like it's exciting there's a lot of good footballers there and, and we're gelling every training session so 
yeah, look, looking forward to the rest of the year now. Okay, and how was things in Turconnell Gales and in Greenford? I know you're a Greenford man, I think. I was up around that neck of the woods and we had a few great nights in rice lip also. How are things in Greenford? Yeah, yeah, Greenford, born and bred. So, uh, yeah, everything's going well in uh, Greenford. So, uh, again, we have a you know, good structure there at the club and we have an English-born team that's, that's developing the whole time an underage system. And we're all trying to push through to the senior. And, um, yeah, it's going well and we're always trying to, to build and build. So. Well, listen, well done in Carlton. Congratulations on your win. Safe journey home and I look forward to seeing you in the not-too-distant future. Liam, great to catch up with Giancarlo again tonight. Yeah, lovely. Thanks a lot. Come on, Liam. Well done. Thank Good man. Know. Thanks, Martin, Liam. Hugely disappointing result there for Carlo after being 10 points up at half-time. It was also a difficult day for the Carlo hurlers and we heard from their boss, Tom Mullally. Tom Mullally, Carlo manager, a loss in the Q Cup final to Westmead today, but I think it's fair to say the result was not the most important thing. I think, look, it was a final at the same time, Washington. So, you mean, I don't think both sides came. You mean, it's 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 three it's three games into into the start of, of a new season. So, we're obviously trying to see where we've got lads who are maybe injured and stuff like that, and we're trying to protect protect some of them for the for the start of the league. And at the same time, there's lads playing for Skibbons and stuff like that. So, we're, we're trying to be fair to everybody and things like that. But look, we came and gave gave the best we could, and um, obviously Westmead were better than us on the day. What have you taken out of the Cup and its? Cup in its entirety? Well we're trying to develop, I suppose we've, we've introduced some younger players into it and we're hoping that the exposure to games will, will develop their game and bring them along and that they'll offer something over the course of the league. We saw today as well your lads weren't afraid to try things, they were going with sick passes trying to beat players, that's a good thing isn't it? It is, as long as it comes off. Yeah. Uh, if it doesn't come off, it probably probably uh, looks a bit foolhardy at times, you mean, and stuff that way. But look, they're, they're kind of trying to trying to play as best you mean as best they can, and, and we obviously having a huge amount of work done. But what we have done, I, I, I think we're trying to bring to the pitch as well, like you know. A lot of youngsters involved, a lot of unfamiliar names. They'd have taken an awful lot out of the game time they've got, both today, I suppose, and over the last couple of weeks. We hope so. Um, it, it, it's only of use to any player if, if, if they're using the, the, the 70 minutes or the 35 or, 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 or whatever's there to be given. I mean, so that and it's, I suppose it, it, application's probably nine-tenths of the law in, in, in relation to how, how you learn to and, and things that way. So, look, I, I think the three matches have served us well. We obviously have a, a huge match coming up next weekend above and down and we're, that's going to take a, a, a mighty effort from us to try and get something out of it. Like you know, That's the big one, isn't it? You really want to start with a victory, with a positive performance. Well, that's a, that's the preference, absolutely. You mean and stuff like that? We, uh, we, we'll we'll find out next weekend exactly what what down are bringing, and, and we haven't seen a lot of downs. So we don't really know um, our exposure to that this year hasn't hasn't been hasn't happened so far. So we'll find out once we go up there, and uh, I suppose once the final whistle goes, we'll tell you more. Like you know, is that it? Because as a manager, we always think that you know what's in your team, but maybe you're I won't say guessing like the rest of us, but maybe you kind of find out exactly what's in your team in a game like that the first game of the season a lot of young players you'll see then what they're all about well, that's what we hope. You mean it's a, you mean it's it's a start of another competition. So you mean it, it'll, we'll have we'll have two matches, then we'll have a break. So we'll we'll hope to find out. Last year we went up and we started quite well, but we, we came out of there without anything. You mean and, and stuff like that. So I think we'll we'll, we'll see how, how this year goes um, and take it from there. And Sean Murphy, uh, a fantastic athlete. He broken off a lot of ball. He is very physical. He can break tackles. He's a good option to have, isn't he? Good to have him back with the hurlers. Oh yeah, everyone. Like you I mean, anyone, anyone that's involved, anyone that's that's here has committed to Carlo for 2022, and that's the important thing. You I mean, and so for that, they're they're the most important play, players in in Carlo because they've they have that commitment. Sean has committed to us, and, and we're we're very thankful for it. And uh, I, I think he's he's bringing something that we hadn't got before. Like you know, Tom, the best of luck. Thanks very much, Justin. Thanks. Joe Fortune, congratulations to you and Westmeath, Kyo Cup champions. But I think it's fair to say. 
the cup was nearly secondary today. Did you find what you were looking for in this competition regards your preparations for the Alliance League which starts next week? Yeah look we got as much as we wanted to get out of the, the three games like we had three games where we gave loads of lads like you know we had 11 subs come on both days on three days and look you have to be happy look there's a cup on show today but I, I'm under no illusion of what's ahead in, in two weeks time when we come back down here again and you know the lads are playing Fitzgibbon at the moment there as well a lot of those lads from Carlo so look there's a big workload you know a lot of training going on at the minute but look we wouldn't be happy with a lot of things today, but look, when you leave with a cup, I, I remember the last time I was down here, Russian, I think, was with, with Borden, and um, you know, we didn't leave with the cup that we wanted that day. We should look, the lads are happy, and it's the secure cup, got loads out of it, loads of lads got game time, and, and happy overall, that, you know, with, the, with the efforts today, but with a lot to work on. I'm looking at Aaron Craig walking off with the cup in his right hand and I think that's his son who he's walking with uh, holding his hand on the left hand that's just one of those nice GAA images um, what have you taken from the Kyo Cup? That there's a lot of youth there that really want it that are not kind of rolling out red carpets for, for the older lads in Westmead different you know, different job than I've had before I'd say Oshin, on the basis that you go up there in New County I've been made feel very very welcome but an awful lot of work to do and, but the young lads are, that, are, that are there that have come through 20s teams and minor teams that have you know that have been up against it with Wexford and Dublin like they're, they're good young lads they're willing to commit to it but an awful lot of work to do and, and, and five games now in the National League starting next week When you say work to do does that mean getting lads up to the speed of it getting them to the right physical pitch because I was at Offaly in Dublin last week in the Walsh Cup and Michael Fenley said that he said nothing wrong with the hurling of these lads but maybe physically we're a bit behind now I don't want to put words in his mouth it was kind of words to that effect is it the same with Westmead especially with the younger lads who've come in to a point it is and, and look we've got two very good S&C guys there that are very understanding of where the lads are and where their base load is now at the moment I would 100% agree with, with Michael but I'd also say it's, it's a lifestyle as well that you know you can't be an intercounty hurler anymore on three days training a week like your life has to it has to evolve for that five or six month period and look we saw Dublin last night and how efficient and how strong they were and you know and, and Wexford will come back I've no doubt as well so it's, it's look it's a continual effort to try and get them to the level of an S&C point of view and also from a training point of view like you know my eyes have been open I suppose in, in the last three or four months but, but I'm very happy with the lads like, they are putting work in but we have an awful lot of work to do We've spoken about your young lads what about some of the more experienced guys the likes of Tommy Doyle and Killian Doyle who came on today and, and was very good in the second half took some nice scores opened things up kind of picked the right pass at times opened up Carla with some of his stick passing he did yeah and look we're trying to get game time we, we looked a big emphasis for the Kyo Cup for me was is there something in Westmead that hasn't been seen before like Shane did a great job when he was there for a the couple of years they won a Joe McDonough last year but are there players there that haven't been seen from the club perspective um, and look we've a couple of big guys come back in Tommy's come back in Angus's come back in David Glennon's come back in so we have a lot of lads there getting game time into them um, today was a big thing but look we move on from, from today and, and see it for what it is and are you enjoying Intercounty? management at senior level of course you've done it at underage level with Dublin but uh, what are the challenges of senior inter-county management from what you've seen so far it's busy Ush. like you know it's <laughs> I was lucky I suppose I got the base there before I came here with a, with a massive club in Ballyboden who don't take second rate preparation or analysis or, or training so I suppose I, I kind of dealt somewhat on an inter-county perspective with them because those lads demanded so much but yeah look it's very busy and like, I see more of those lads inside than I do my own wife at the minute now, to be honest with you but anyway it's a good day Do- yeah. job done well I'll let you go see some more of them now Joe well done Not a good weekend for Carlo Kilkenny overall and we also caught up with Dixborough manager Donald Carroll who reflects on his side's loss to Wexford's Owlert the Ballock. Donald Carroll, disappointing, almost snatched it in the end against Owlert the Ballock but your overall feeling in the match here this afternoon? 
Yeah, uh, the overall feeling is that we, it took us a while to get going in the first half, but when we got going, I thought the girls were superb. I thought their second half performance, they really, really dug it out. There was a puck of the ball at the end of the game when we looked like we were dead and buried. They came back, they kept believing in themselves. I've said earlier on, it's a great sign of this team that they don't give up, and they don't give up. Unfortunately, things just didn't go our way today, but I mean, the, 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 the maturity, the spirit, the fight that they showed out there, just we're immensely proud of them, and it's just very, very unfortunate it just didn't go their way. Yeah, not too many teams can say they outscored Dowler at the Balloch in a half, but he did that. Three, uh, I think it was three, four to six points in the second half. Immensely proud to come back, and poor Amy almost snatched it in the end. Ah, she did not. She did everything right. She was very, very good up till then, and it was just unfortunate their goalie got to it. They were a fine goalie, the goalie got to the ball. But as I said, a bit like the Jude's match, it's more than that one incident. You know, we, we did we did very, very well to come back. We held our heads and we, we went at the game and as I said there was not much more that, that the girls could have done it was just that the, the hill was too big to climb in the second half Going in at 1-7 to a point down what did you say to the girls at half time to instil the spirit that they showed coming out in the second half we, we told them stay doing what they've been doing all year what we've been doing all year has stood to us in every game and we told them just stay doing that don't change anything that we have been working on stay doing that stay. and they did and they believed in themselves you know that that was a bit of a blip they got over it and really, they just really really stepped it up in the second half we said it earlier Ron was preparations hampered a small little bit and it's not an excuse by having colleges game on midweek you had a lot of players that was playing in the colleges game as well coming up to such a big important game do you feel that the colleges game shouldn't have happened and I don't want to go into the other games. There's a, there's a mad co- load of congestion at the moment. Um, the girls played their matches. They came out of them fairly unscathed. But it's just a pity that there's so many games coming at the same time. But it's a sign of the popularity of Camogie and women's sports that there are all these games coming. It's just a pity that they're all coming so thick and fast. You have such a young squad in there. Uh, I suppose it's hard to see towards the future now. But the Kilkenny Championship, back-to-back champions. Are you looking towards that? So look, we'll have to. Just we win and. We'll go in and lick our wounds and regroup and we'll, we'll talk about that another time. Well, no doubt. Anyway, commiserations today, uh, Donald. You played brilliantly and hard luck, but well done on a great campaign. Hi, man. Thanks very much for all the support. I am joined here by a goalkeeper for Dixborough, Kirsty Marr, after their defeat to Aulart Ballet in the Leinster Senior Club Championship. Kirsty, probably very hard to put into words right now. You can be very proud of yourselves. I suppose the first half, Aulard had done all the work, but some of that game up for us. Unbelievable, really. Like to be in, for any club girl, any years of age, like all they dream about is going further than a county final, and to be up here today playing with the biggest bunch of sisters is just unbelievable. And I suppose, Kirsty, you kind of alluded that to yourself there. Any club would give in being love to be in your position now to be representing, you know, Kilkenny in the Leinster Club Championship. But to be coming up against the All Ireland Champions, you obviously knew coming into it there was going to be a massive task ahead of you. But as you said, you can be very proud of yourselves, but you knew there was a task ahead of you. Oh, most definitely. Like all Jesus, you go home and it's all about Alar Tabala, did you see this goal? Did you see that goal? Oh, Una Lacey scored three goals. They have massive key players and the commitment and dedication, even going over to Nolan Park there to watch the last year's club championship, we were like, wow, like we've a really big job to do, but today it just wasn't for us. We put it up to them. We didn't start off as best as we could have, but 
I think in the second half then we just dug deep and showed them exactly what we're capable of doing. And for yourself on a personal level, two major saves in the first half that kept Dixborough in the game and another colossal save in the second half. Your puck outs were phenomenal. Has this been something that you've been kind of working on towards the, the Lexus Club Championship, knowing that Owlers were, you know, their, their goal threat of a team? Is, is that something that you were fully focused on? Well, I'm not going to lie, I was a bit scared because watching back on the club matches, like how just how unreal their strikes are on the ball and just seeing every match come out and the scoreline being two, three, four goals. I thought I have a major job here to do today and to just try my best and that's all I can do. That's certainly all I can do. I know it's very hard for you, Kirsty, but I'd like to thank you for giving me a couple of moments of your time and congratulations to yourself and Dix for you have been a great representation for Kilkenny and I'm sure you're going to have plenty of say in this year's club championship as well in Kilkenny. Thanks a lot. Aoife Prendergast, it's the worst place to be, as we know, when you lose a final. Thank you very much for coming out and talking to us. I suppose your overall feeling of the game and the loss to Owlers there today? Yeah, Marin, absolutely gutted. Um, we put everything on the line that second half. Um, girls suck, uh, stepped up to the mark. Kirsty Mara was absolutely phenomenal in goal. And look, that's what we'll learn from today. Owlers are a fantastic team. We can't take anything for, from them. Um, but hopefully we'll learn from this and bottle up this hurt and hopefully we'll use it as motivation Did you leave yourselves too much to do in the first half going in 1-7-2 a point down mountain to climb but something obviously was said in the second half because you came out in the second half and you outscored them 3-4 to 6 points yeah, we knew it was in us. Uh, we didn't. We didn't perform. Not, I'd say, two to fifteen didn't perform enough in our first half. Uh, we knew there was way more in us. We had the the win with us in the second half, and um, we just needed to use it. We needed to get the ball into the forwards. Uh, we we ha- we left ourselves with a hum- hu- huge mental climb in the second half, and um, it just just seemed too much. Yeah. Yeah, I know you just said to us when you came out, you felt the heart of potentially not playing well, but every one of the Dixborough players played very, very well, especially in the second half. You can be so proud of yourselves. Like, I mean, you ran the All-Ireland champions to so only two points there in the very end. Like, it's, a, and it's, it's an achievement in itself to get to the Leinster final, but I wouldn't be that hard on yourselves. I mean, you must be very proud of the whole team. Yeah, look, we are. We're very proud of the whole team. It's an absolute uh, great achievement to get to the Leinster final, but in this current moment of time, that's all you think about. You think about the ifs and buts and uh, personally I felt I didn't perform as well as I could have and just um, being the captain of the team you just you, you, f- you find that let you down as well but uh, look I'm absolutely so proud of this team um, we'll, we won together we'll lose together um, we'll go we'll talk about it for a few days but hopefully um We'll use it to drive ourselves on. <laughs> well, I know you'll certainly go and lick your wounds, but you haven't that much time to lick the wounds either. Straight into the National League, the starting next week, I suppose. Looking forward to captaining Kilkenny for the year to come. Yeah, look, Martin, it's, it's a huge honour to captain your club, never mind your county. Um, yeah, look forward to, to the, the league coming up, and um, I suppose it's, it's something to look forward to as well. Um, it'll probably make the defeat today a little bit easier, knowing that I'm going in with my county now soon enough so yeah well commiserations today don't be too hard on yourself and we'll see you when Kikenny is playing in a couple of weeks thanks very much 
Dixborough losing out by very small margins there in the end. We also heard from Barrow Rangers manager. I'm here with Stephen Dormer in uh, Bannerher. Stephen, is it a case of what might have been fantastic first half here in the AIB Intermediate semi-final against St. Rhinus, the All-Ireland champions? He put it up to him in the first half, went in three points ahead. He must have been happy at that stage. Uh, yeah, no, we knew coming up here like the, we'd have to put them on the back foot, get them out of that bubble. You know, they're, they're All-Ireland champions. They're, you know, they're on a high. Um, gave Selbridge a bit of a trimming last week you know 9-10 and we knew coming up here if we had a chance we had to put them on the back foot and go at them hard and we did we pushed Murray and Barmick to the middle of the field and we went all guns blazing for them and it just probably um, going in after half time three points up and probably did a killer punch but straight after half time that lot of great work and we give away a goal you know probably a little bit disappointed to give it away but the girls absolutely played brilliant throughout the game you know from start to finish Yeah he certainly did I mean Aidan O'Connor put her up to Kay Kenny back in the, the full four on the full back line there I mean Kate was reduced to a couple of points for that first half alone your backs was playing very very well but as you say Siobhan Flannery sucker punch going 1-4 1-5 to no score but then Barra Rangers not scoring for 25 minutes in the second half didn't help either No I suppose um I know they have a good system they're a good system to play they crowd out the middle section they, they play what's it called the extra back and it's very hard to break it down and they're probably even tightening a bit more straight after the goal and it's very very hard to get the ball through into the likes of Colette and Katie O'Byrne inside the full forward line who were causing trouble in the first half they tightened up to, to drop the sweep right in front of them and we found it hard to break it down but no I suppose the, the likes of our six backs and, and the likes of even the middle of the field like the Arlo Armory again the Patrice Mullins the Mary Walls and all these to put the shoulder to wheel and we, we worked savage hard but never said our attitude we were in it for one puck of the game t- time up like you know and we were just there thereabouts yeah the girls showed their character third quarter at the water break one nine two three down only a couple of points in it really you were still there they pushed the point ahead then toward the four points ahead but you came back you got a goal from Roisin's 21 metre free did you think that you were still in it at that stage then? Yeah, I suppose. Um, I suppose if we were at Camaros last week with three points down, with five minutes left on it, like we always know we're still in it. We always know we have a chance. Like with the forwards we have, like the Roshi and Breens, the Sean and Tracy's and these girls up there, you know, we know we always have a chance, and we just keep plugging away. You know, the tiny title turn some stage, and it was just probably. A little bit too far, I suppose. We got, we got away one or two frees around the middle section and they kind of got back on top again. So I finished out the game, winning by two points, I think, in the end. You must be proud overall, though. I mean, you come into this game as complete underdogs. St. Rhinus, Rain and Leinster and all Ireland champions. You put it up to them in the first half. Did the first half take that small little bit out of you that you were that little bit lacklustre then coming out in the second half? I suppose we, we knew we had to get ahead of them. I suppose when they play that sweeper and that defensive system of probably seven, eight backs like, like Cork and Muggie down through the years, very hard. You have to get ahead of them. That makes them come out and play. And I suppose giving away the goal after half time probably affected that. Like, you know, we were ahead of them. They had to come out and play. We had a bit of a hill and a bit of a breeze going into the second half. And we, we knew going into it that we had a good chance of rattling them. You know, if they had to come out and play, play 15 on 15, we definitely would have bet them. It's just very, very hard to beat, break that system. And they're playing it. They're playing it the last three years. They lost the goal here by the last puck of a game in uh, All Ireland final two years ago they won this year's All-Ireland final by four points so they're a good team and we know they're, how good they are you know. so we are underdogs but we knew ourselves we always give it a rattle Compared to the last day it was like chalk and cheese he played exceptionally well today didn't get the result didn't play so well the last day except in extra time and got the result must be a little bit bittersweet at the end of the day for you 
uh, sure like we knew we knew going up to Camros and uh, how tough it was going to be and it was going to be a, a slogging match in the middle of the field and we were going to see our character who was going to be the strongest and we, we shone through on that day and we, and we knew coming out today it was going to be a camogie match you know Ryan's a very very good team and you know we had to play camogie fast quick camogie and I suppose and we did we matched them all over the field like you know our backs like you mentioned Adrian O'Connor are absolutely brilliant at full back Patrice Mullins you go out around the half back line the two parcels were brilliant mopped up all and then you came to, up the field with Murray and Orla and then you got forward Sean Tracy Roisin Breen and Joanne Barco like we matched them all over the field and then when the ball went into Clay she was on fire today she was injured the last day but she, like, she, she got two cracking goals for us to put us really in the driving seat like, you know so we were we were we were there we played some great camogie you know but like you know it's there, them games were there to be won too you hit very little wides today uh, compared to St. Ryan as I think it was five or six they had um, in the end of it you only had three but with the possession was going into the forwards did you feel that you weren't doing enough with it to be getting the scores on the scoreboard to keep chipping away at them and maybe even as in the first half to get that lead a small bit better going in at half time I suppose we were happy going in at three points at half time like I looked at all the results of St. Ryan's all the results down through the years like even last year and this year like they're not giving away big scores like you look at the all Ireland final giveaway Nine points or something like you know 10 points that's the max to give away like you know so they don't give away a big score so to break it down and get scores against them it's very very difficult you know so we knew we had to work on and we watched them against Michael. they sat real deep Michael found it hard to beat them you know and hopefully Michael come back with a better game plan for the next day because you know it's very very hard to beat that system when, when they sit right deep and you have to break it down and it's very very hard you know but we went at it we tried it we, we decided to put Clay at the edge of the square we launched balls in cut out the sweeper and it worked for the first two goals they, they got clever to set back and they got deeper on us so crowded out and the fouler then for that goal for or the free for Roisin like the, the start of fouling then and stopping her you know early Your first venture into the Leinster competitions at intermediate level winning the county final was great for you last year we know it was bonus territory then with the win again Cam Ross it would have been nice today but overall you must be so proud of how these girls has performed all throughout the Leinster Championship and We just spoke there with the girls just briefly like um, what they've done for the club the parish you know it's unbelievable like I suppose we watched the boys are back training last night and I see the girls coming out of the cabin 30 something girls you know dedicated committed driven and I hope it inspires young people and young people around the parish because these girls are a great bunch of girls and it, Martin you don't realise the work they do with underage like they're going around they're training underage on the 15s like some, some Wednesday nights when they're training there could be 10-12 of these girls out training the underage before their own, their own training session so they're an inspiration to not just the adults in the club but the kids in the club they're an absolute brilliant bunch of girls and like it's great to have them and it's great to see the parish and hopefully it drives on the parish and the junior hurlers and the, the what's called the underage structure in the club that drives it on because girls there's something to look up to now You mentioned the community spirit the last time and as well just when you're talking there as well you can see how well that the support even with the people in the stands and no matter where you go it was the same in Camros the last day like Barrow Rangers people the supporters are fantastic to go and follow you wherever you're going so hopefully as you say this will give the community and everyone in the parish a huge G up I suppose and give them a bit of confidence then going into the year when the Camogie Championship and the Hurling starts and you will be in the senior championship this year ah yeah no like the, the, the sport's absolutely unbelievable like I suppose we don't get much success so you know we jump on the bandwagon very quickly in Boston you know and enjoy it but absolutely brilliant like an hour and 40 minutes up here like you know to come up here and the crowd the support the people the kids the gear and all the whole lot like it's absolutely brilliant and you know the parents 
and there's not a bad word out of any of them. You know, no matter what change you make or anything on the line, they support you, they help you, and they do as much as they can for you. And it's great. And, and it's probably a backroom team behind us that we don't even realise. Like, Kieran Breen is there, absolutely brilliant chap. And you have Tommy Wall, Sharon O'Hara, Philly O'Hara, you know, working the socks off. Roy Breen had to do his guard of it there during the week and the whole lot to get himself on the line today. But, like, the work they put in behind the scenes with the crew and the whole lot, it's absolutely brilliant in the parish, like, you know, and it's great to see it, like, you know, and it's as nice place to live at the moment. You're after getting a taste of uh, Leinster Championship. 2023 it'd be nice going into the senior championship as county champions huh oh, sure. we didn't dream we'd, we barely dreamed that we'd win the what's it called uh, the, the intermediate championship and I go oh, sure we'll give it a rattle you know there's there's teams there like a nice bit of rivalry there between you know, the Claras the Muckleys or the St Martins around us and, and the Gorns you know oh, we'll give them a good I'll hop off them and see how we get on yeah you will certainly hop off them all right you <laughs> hopped off plenty of the Ryanus girls today fairly though we have to say uh, fantastic battle for yourselves great campaign unlucky you're not going into the Leinster forward but best of luck in the championship in Kilkenny in the year to come cheers Martin Astro was a great year thanks very much Ora Banbury, disappointing day for the Barrow Rangers club. Lost out to St. Ryan is here in the Leinster Intermediate Club Championship. Your overall thoughts on the game? Oh, it was a very tough game start to finish. Um, like it was a battle all over the field. Like we put it up to them, we had our plans in place and we thought if we stuck to the process we'd get there and we just couldn't we just couldn't seem to draw draw level again when we needed it and came down to the wire and they got that last point there, they were two points up and we knew we needed the goal and we just couldn't seem to get possession past the forty five yard line. But it was a massive performance out of us. I thought we, we, we tried really hard, we stuck to the game plan, but they they stuck to theirs too and they were phenomenal. I think it was a great game of Kamogi. You certainly rattened the All Ireland champions. I'd say they didn't know what hit him in the first half. You went in ahead uh, by three points. Could you have felt you could have went in that small little bit more? Yeah, look, we missed a couple of chances. I thought we could have maybe had another goal there that in the first half. But look, we were composed at halftime. We knew what we had to do and we came back out all guns blazing. But they had a really quick start. They weren't happy at halftime. They said to us there after the match, one or two of the players, it's the toughest, toughest opposition they've had all year. And we really put it up to them. And, you know, like... I think look, it's a testament to us. We've trained hard all year. We've trained hard for this Leinster. We were so proud to represent Kenny going forward in Leinster and we're, we are disappointed. Um, we wish them all the best, though, as they go on to represent Leinster. I take it that's the little one is here in front of us, <laughs> running around us. She's a bundle of energy. We've commented on it in the last two games. How is it that you're able to go for so long and to cover every blade of grass that's on the field and still not even be out of breath when I'm talking to you here now? What's the secret, Orla? <laughs> I don't know, Martin. I haven't a clue. I look... I don't know. It's just fitness, isn't it? I, I strongly believe if you have, if you stay running over the winter and you do your few bits and you just tip away, it's it's there thereabouts. And I don't know. Sometimes it's mind over matter with me, and that's it. Of three kids to carry along to the pitch, and they come along, and we all come along, and so you just whistle goes and on you go. But our training, our training has been fantastic all year, and the girls are super fit, and this, all the girls around me as well keep you going when you're maybe thinking the legs are going to give up. So yeah, no look, we're well tuned. Certainly disappointing, all right, but you've had a fantastic Leinster campaign. I mean, when you got out of Kilkenny, did you ever feel that you were going to get to a Leinster semi-final against the All-Ireland champions as it was against St. Rhinus? And even within a belt of a ball, like you get into a Leinster final, which would have been against Moishal, it would have been great to have a, a Kilkenny Carlow final, not to be, unfortunately. But you must be proud of all the players and everyone to even get to the semi-final because everyone wrote you off going in again, Cameron Ross. They did. Uh, sure, look, Martin, we didn't think about Leinster at all. To be very honest with you, after we won the county final, my whole family came down from Kildare told them it was my last match and then the girls told me I had to play Leinster so 
So look at what we weren't thinking about Leinster at all, and I tell you, we were glad of the gap. Maybe COVID gave us that break. We definitely wouldn't have been ready to go out after winning the county final a week or two later. So we've enjoyed this. We are fiercely disappointed today. We're also really proud. I'm so proud of this team and our committee and our club and the parish and everybody has got behind us. And I'm just so proud of everybody. Look, we're disappointed to lose today. I have to say, I teach in Boris, and I have to wish all um, all the girls in Michael the best of luck next week. I thought a lot of them, just one or two still in school. So um, I wish them the very best of luck next week. Give us the scoop then. If your family is writing you off for your last match, you're going into the senior club championship now towards the latter end of the year. Will Orla Bambury be on the team for Barrow Rangers? Oh sure, look, we'll we'll take a break now, Martin, and we'll we'll see what happens. But sure, I, I'm finding it hard to hang up the boots as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, I still don't know how she does it myself and Anya has commented I mean you were the player of the match for the viewers that was uh, listening into KCLR today so that'll show things how we're going but yeah going into the senior championship now you'll have that bit of a buzz though albeit it was a downer today not getting to the Leinster final but the girls has performed and you can show that you can perform with the best of the players as well so going into the senior championship now in Kilkenny you'll have a good buzz going forward uh, Look to be honest we're really looking forward to it should we have nothing to lose you know what I mean like we we've great girls coming up we've few girls coming up from underage the, 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 even the younger girls training with the panel they've come on so much even just training training with us for the last couple of months so we're looking forward to it and look we'll give it a good rattle like that was a brilliant game of camogie today I thought like seen, you, I would have said that match there today was senior standard so we'll give it a good rattle we don't have anything to lose going up to play senior and we're so proud to be going up to senior and to say the Barrow Rangers are senior well we certainly look forward to seeing you in the blue and white of Barrow Rangers in the series or the senior championship commiserations today hard luck but we wish you the best of luck going forward Thanks very much, Martin. I'm joined here by Miriam Bambrick after um, the Bar Rangers defeat to St. Rhinos in the Leinster Intermediate semi-final. Miriam, talk us through that game. Disappointing end result for you. Yeah, hugely disappointing. I suppose we came up here today complete underdogs facing the All-Earned Champions uh, Intermediate level, so we knew we had a big task ahead of us, but we didn't doubt our ability, I suppose. Underdogs is not uh, an unusual, uh, I suppose, label that we'd have. I suppose we probably came through the Intermediate Championship in Kenny as underdogs, and I suppose something that we thrive on. And came up here today, I suppose, um, knowing what we could bring to the table, knowing what Rhinos were going to bring to the table. I suppose we just wanted to match and tip for tat, and I suppose we did for, I suppose, two quarters of the game, but I suppose we just didn't get enough scores on the board uh, when it came down to it at the end. Let Dormer's two goals in, in the first half really kind of set you up and really kind of put a good pace on the game. You went in and then went in at half-time leading. Confidence was surely up. Yeah, confidence was up, I suppose. Colette in there on the edge of the square, I suppose that was the plan, get the ball into her, I suppose, one-on-one. She's, she's um, I suppose, dangerous in there on the full forward line. Um, Annie Back's worst nightmare, really. But I uh, went in at half-time, confident, I suppose, three points up, playing against the wind, I suppose. We knew that... Um, the match was not over at that stage, but um, I suppose Rhinos came out and the first 10 minutes, I suppose, they um, they really showed us, I suppose, what, what it takes to be All-Earned Champions. I suppose, Miriam, it is obviously disappointing for yourselves, you're saying, I, I don't want to dwell too much on it, but, you know, let's talk about the year that you've had. You know, you won, you won a county intermediate title for the first time in your close history. You went on and beat a really good leash team in a Leinster quarterfinal. Unfortunate here to, to lose against, as you said, the All-Ireland champions, but you must be excited to play at senior ranks in Kilkenny now this year. Exactly, yeah. I suppose it's taken 15 years since the club has come up from junior. There's still some stalwarts still playing there. Collect Armour, Priest, 
small and those girls I remember going to see them win that junior county final I was only a child at the time and I suppose it's taken this is not an overnight thing with the club we've I suppose we've been working on for the last you know, five, six years trying to get up to senior ranks and I suppose we're happy to be there now but we're not happy just I suppose just to be a number up there we want to remain up there and compete up there I suppose and I think we showed today against you know, a team that probably going to go on and Win this, win this intermediate championship and are going to be representing awfully eventually at senior level so we showed today that we, we can compete with anyone on our day and I suppose it's a great year we're the first first team in the club to, to represent the club outside of the county so you know, although today is very disappointing we have to I suppose maybe look back in a few days time and I suppose see how far you know, think about how far we have come and I suppose not rest on our laurels and go forward and I suppose give the senior um, championship in Kilkenny a right rattle. Yeah, it certainly has been a great year for you. Congratulations, you've done Bar Rangers and the whole of Kilkenny very, very proud and uh, we wish you the very best luck in senior ranks this year. Thanks, Anya. On a much lighter note, we also caught up with Willie Coogan as Croke Park beckons. Ah, sure, look, at we're, we're buzzing already. Like, you know, as soon as the the draw was made for the semi-final. You're always hoping that you make the final, and like when you when, when you when you realise it, then it's it's all systems go. Then and, and I suppose the excitement kicks kicks into overdrive. Then and, you know all over the parish. So I love it to be decked with green and white already. Like you know, so it's fantastic to be fair. How do the players go about going into a final, uh, a game of such magnitude, or does it treat it like any other game? Just play your play your game. Well, I suppose our focus mainly is on the game. You know, let let, let the other people enjoy the occasion. Like you know, we're 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 very much uh, collective and uh, collectively driven at what we what we want to achieve. So our focus has been to, to train well and recuperate well and 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 be in I suppose the best shape we can be come Saturday. And I think you know we're we're going in that direction. Anyway. Yeah, I was just about to say, like uh, you play the game rather than the occasion. But uh, in in terms of playing games, you've had a bit of a break, a two week break from the semi final to the final. As a management team, do you do anything differently to what you've done otherwise, or do you freshen it up a bit? Or um, well, we we, we we thankfully we, we, in the Kenny Championship we kind of had most games. We, we had two games back to back, and then we had a two week gap between most of the games. So I suppose what, what, what Triton Trusted has has said as well so far. So. I suppose you don't want to be introducing something particularly new in the run-up to uh, an order in the case to troll ads or whatever. Like, but you no, know, we, we feel how we, how we've approached the two-week window. Um, each time we, we we've arrived at the next game in good fettles, you know, with, with a good bit of work done, but at the same time fresh and ready for 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 uh, for action when the when the, when the ball is thrown in. So would it be more of a mental preparation then as opposed to physical preparation? You've been working with them now for quite some time. Like, is it just more getting the mental side of things right so they don't falter at the occasion rather than just play the game? Yeah, well, I suppose, like, luckily a lot of these guys now have played, you know, fairly biggish games in, in, in recent weeks in terms of the county final and in terms of the Leinster final. Like, so... I suppose you, you just encourage guys to go through the same mental preparation that they have gone through in order to perform well in those games and like you don't necessarily have to change a whole lot okay the, the results will look after itself if the performance looks after itself and all you have to worry about is look after the performance get, get, get all those things right leading up to that so that lads feel as prepared as they can be so they're well ready to perform because I think you can overthink it too and, and, and make something more of it. At the end of the day, it, it, it's a game and the result then is what decides whether you're a champion or not. But you play the game and not worry about anything else. And, and if you're playing the game, you're not worrying about anything else. Do you kind of get to worry about 
your opponents. You're going up against Bally Giblin. They're they're a Cork side. Are you well aware of who you're coming up against, or is there a bit of kind of is a bit like of the unknown that you're going into? Um, well, I suppose we're probably in more more in the unknown with regard to Salt Hill. Do you know, like they had played in in, in Galway and then the kind of final. Like you know, there was very little seen or or, or or known of them. Like so, we're kind of in the dark. Just as much probably I say as, as Valley Giblin were regarding Fulham Gales in their semi final. Um, now look at the, our, our games have been on Bio Sport and 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 so uh, the Valley Giblin game was on Bio Sport the last day against Fulham Gales. So look, at, I suppose the streaming services have have given teams a chance to, to maybe get a look at teams that they maybe wouldn't have had in previous years. So um, look, to be naive not to have a look at them, and at the same time our focus is on our performance. You know, um, we we will we'll try and bring out what we want to do to the game, and if we can impose our our game our our style on on the game, then I think you know we're we're, we're better off focusing on that. Um, and that's not to say we won't prepare for the, uh, the eventuality that things weren't going well that we could change things around or, or, or move things around but that's generally uh, how we approach most of our games we've got to look after ourselves and, and, and try and try and impose ourselves on the game if we can Yeah, the last time we entered Crow Park uh, Moonkind suffered defeat to another Cork side in, the, in Mayfield that was a single point um, we I think it's the seventh time Kilkenny and Cork champions have met within the final so it, it is a big occasion there's probably a bit of kind of rivalry there no doubt historically between Kilkenny and Cork would you be looking to kind of get off to a blistering start like you did in the Gaelic rounds you just never seem to have let up well I suppose we, we, we were disappointed in our, in our start against um, Shamrock in the, in the Leinster final so it definitely was something that we were you know Hitting home to the lads that it, it's important that we don't give teams a start on us. Like you know, like the county final against Curragh, we gave them a start on us as well. So we were just anxious that we would hit the ground running. And to be fair, we did hit the ground running below in the gate of crowns. Like so, um, look at you. Just I suppose you're never you're never hell bent on you know saying oh we have to start well. But you'd, you'd like to start well. But at the end of the game, the game is, is long, and some teams have their purple patch in the first ten minutes, and some teams, some teams you know you just have to react to it. So. You can't pin all your hat on a on a on a strong start, and then if it doesn't happen, then that can can maybe you know over kind of over worry about things. Whereas just take it as it comes, start start, start as you mean to start, and, and please God, it'll go your way. Like you know, you're you're not in control of that once once the game starts. It it, it takes a life of its own in a lot of ways. And that's the thing with the water breaks as well. It just seemed like it was consistently restarting. You know, so yeah, like yeah. were were you previously? Would managers have planned their game around the quarters when it was broke up as opposed to the halves or were you still oh, going with yeah. the halves? Yeah, yeah, no. It's, like Obviously, you'd have a longer spell to have a chat at half-time maybe to see things out like, but definitely yeah, the, the water break would have been your kind of, your reference point as to kind of the first 15 minutes or the first quarter or whatever, whenever the referee goes the whistle for the water break, you know, get to that period and, and we'll, we'll, we'll reassess where we're at. But um, with, with all of those being gone out of it now, I suppose it'll be, it'll be the first time for both teams in, in, in a while that they've gone, they've gone back to, uh, you know, a full half of Ireland before we get them in to have a chat with them. So, I look at. I suppose we're looking that the guys are good problem solvers on the field. You know, they, they, they've encountered different teams setting up differently against us throughout the, the Kenny Championship and through, you know, the, the Leinster Championship uh, and, and even the last day. So, I suppose in a way, the experience that they've gained has equipped them with the skills to be, to be good problem solvers on the field. Like you know, so thankfully we don't have a whole lot to say to them when, we, when, it, when it comes to half time. Uh, someone that did have something to say after the last game was the chairman, um, Tom Murphy. He, he was ba- he basically said, you know, there's no point going up to Crow Park unless you're going to win it. Now, it was said somewhat in jest, but is that a sentiment kind of shared within the parish, within the community? I, I, I think in general it's a sentiment that's shared within Kilkenny in a lot of ways. Like, you know, it's about to Crow Park. 
the, the result is, is what you want you know how you achieve it is irrelevant realistically but you know I, I think over the last 12-15 years we, we've been spoiled in terms of Kenny teams going to Grow Park both, both at club and county level that you know more often than not they've come out on the right side of the results so yeah definitely I think, I think it's a mentality that, that, that Kenny teams go with but I, I'm sure Cork teams as you said they're seven and set, they've, they've, they've played in seven Ireland as well so the Cork club teams have come up and, and, and they've had the same mentality so um, look, we, 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 we definitely will be going with every intention to try and win the game on it yeah and does the previous kind of loss in Crow Park to Mayfield bring any type of dynamic or is that just well forgotten now at this stage? Look, I suppose a lot of the players and, and, and the management team weren't involved at that time. Like So maybe some of the players that were involved, they might be in their heads all right, but from, from our perspective, we're very much in the moment, in, in the year that we're in and we're not looking backwards, you know, so... Um, yeah, it's a reference point for some of those lads maybe all right in terms of their own training and and and, and where they want to be mentally themselves. But yeah, it's not something that we've referenced in 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 general ourselves. though. Well, Willie, we're absolutely buzzing for it. If you need any mayor issues on the sideline, I'll I'll nominate myself anyway. <laughs> I don't think I'll get up and down the field as fast as the lads, but um, looking forward to it and best of luck. No doubt we'll be there cheering you on and the whole, not just community of Mooncoin, but the whole of Kilkenny will be singing the Rose of Mooncoin come the end of that game. Thanks very much for your time, Willie. Fingers crossed. And staying with that theme of optimism, we also caught up with Eric Malloy, who told Shane all about signing with Longford FC. Oh, stop, yeah. Um, Brendan Hennessy, yeah, back in the, in the county final, um, trying to show that goal. But I think uh, there's a slight difference between uh, the Gaelic and the soccer, you know? Just, just a slight one, just a slight one. Where does that rank? You got a goal against Frank Lampard's Chelsea and then you get a goal in the county final. Which one is more important to you? Oh, they're all important. They're all important goals for, for different reasons. They're all uh, great highlights in, in your career. You, that's what you want to do when you walk out onto the field and you want to play. You want to try and score many goals as you can and try to create them moments for, for the people you're playing with and, and the fans around like, it's, hard, it's hard to pick you can't pick they're all, they're all great <laughs> it was such a great season obviously winning some silverware with Shelburne along the way after making the transfer from Waterford um, you've announced there not so long ago that your stay with Shelburne is uh, is is done now as of now um, it's always quite precarious for League of Ireland players it's generally season by season um, can you explain What's what's next on the horizon? You know, you've been all over the place now. Do you still have ambitions to stay in Ireland, or will you be going abroad? Yeah, like um, I kind of came back home, and, and I'd like to play more football on Irish soil. Um, I probably didn't get as much game time as I would have liked over the last year being home. Um, and yeah, one one more kind of ambition for me now is um, yeah, like I've signed with Longford Town now, so I'm going to be playing a full season at Longford and. The aim is that I want to get out and, and be on the field more often than not, you know, and be playing and contributing to the team and, and enjoying it, you know. Um, so that, that's kind of one of the aims this year is to get out and kind of, I want, I want to be playing more regularly um, if possible. I want to push out, push push myself forward and try to play as many games as possible. Um, that would that, be my aim at the minute, you know. 
Well, that, that, I didn't even know that you had signed with Longford. That's a, that's huge news. What attracts you to them? Because I know, I like, I have a, a lot of friends that play a League of Ireland, and I know that they'll have different meetings with different managers, and a lot of the time, say, travel would come into it. So are you moving up to Longford now, or, or what's the situation? Well, I suppose one of the main reasons was um, I, I want to kind of get back playing, and uh, you want a manager to be interested in you, and, and that, that's a huge part of it, so... Um, yeah, Gary um, was on to me and he, he has been before I've been talking to Gary and I've heard good things about him some of the lads I've played with before have managed under him and uh, they like his style and stuff so yeah, I was training with Shelburne there uh, up until January for the whole pre-season doing bits with them and it, it wasn't to be so Gary was on to me and I said yeah, I'll come in and have a look and see what it's like so Longford actually train um, just outside Dublin there, so it's it's not actually um, too far away from me. It's actually probably one of the closest grounds for a League of Ireland club to train for me, you know. So I actually wouldn't have to move. Um, it's just St. Francis is there. It's just um, outside Baldonnell. So it's actually, I won't have to move. Um, so it kind of suits me well that way that I can, I can still, you know, uh, drive up and down each day, and which which is quite handy, you know, because then you can get all your other bits and pieces on outside of football, like your recovery and your your gym sessions in and stuff like that. So it kind of works well. Yeah, that's that's huge news. Congratulations on that. Uh, you mentioned there, just there that you may have done a bit of kind of preseason training with uh, with Shelburne. Um, did you ever have any conversations with Damien Duff? Obviously, such a huge name in Irish soccer. Uh, did you have to sit down, have a face to face to him, or is that you know not how it works when your contract is coming up? Um, well, that, that that's kind of part of it, you know. Um, you you go in and train and, and you try to do your best and try and perform and try um show that you have attributes or skills that you can add to the team. Um so I was up there, I felt like I was doing well and um yeah, I've had conversations, a few conversations with Damien Duff, um about stuff like that and how how I'm getting on and um yeah, it just wasn't to be. The the club are going in, in a different direction. Um there's not much you can do about that. They they have a, a plan or a different um, schedule or whatever, whatever in place, and it's not my job to kind of argue with that. And, um, so then I, I kind of had to look elsewhere, um, and then left on good terms. Like I, I, I'm just delighted to get an opportunity to come in and train and to show what I can do, and you know, try have a positive impact. You know, um, and if things don't work out, they don't work out. Sometimes that happens. So that's when I decided to look elsewhere. Then after having then difficult conversations, you know, uh, a bit disheartening and stuff, but sure, that, that's just part of it too. So uh, you look on to the next, uh, uh, you know, chapter or the next place you want to go. And, and Gary was on to me there in Longford and I went in and had a look and trained with the lads and I liked it. And uh, yeah, that's a big part of it in football. Like you you, you want to look um, what, what they're doing and the players also, you want to, you know, enjoy and have a laugh as well as mixing it with serious and tactics and different things like that um, so I liked it and I decided to sign then and get things uh, sorted and then you can put the head down and focus on what we're trying to do for the season so we're in full focus at that at the minute 
Yeah, it's, it's huge news. I'm absolutely delighted for you because we know the precarious nature of soccer just from talking to lads like yourself or, or Mikey Drennan and obviously you've you've ventured far and wide and you've experienced many different ups and downs in, in football but I'm absolutely delighted that you found your feet with Longford. Speaking of kind of precarious positions, you know, you were, were with Waterford, you were quite grateful to the play under the tutelage of someone like Mark... Mark Bertram, um, I was a massive QPR fan growing up. Uh, my godfather is a QPR fan, has his name in the stands and everything. Maybe not so much since that whole Manchester City and Manchester United final day of the season thing. But uh, playing with Mark, were you surprised after you left of all that went down at Waterford as they were preparing to take on UCD in the in the playoff, relegation playoff, promotion playoff? Um, yeah, very surprised. I think everyone would have been shocked um, to hear some of the things and situations that come out. Um, I think I was looking at something, I looked at some of the stats in last season of the amount of official statements coming out of each League of Ireland club and I think like Waterford had something like, well, over double figures. Um, so there was a lot of things going on um, in the club and behind the scenes and stuff like that. Lots of things going on. Um and yeah, it's just not ideal. It's not what you, what, what you would have wanted. I, I was pretty shocked to see that because I've worked with Mark and I know how good he is. Um, he's coaching and what he expects from players and the standards. And yeah, like I, I, I really enjoyed my time there. Like um, when Mark came in, you know, um, I started doing well and scoring a few goals. Um, and I liked the way he played and stuff. Um, but yeah, it was really shocking to, to see how, how things happened and how they ended up... Um, yeah, losing the the playoff final and um, they get they got relegated. Um, yeah, quite quite precarious as you say, like you know. Um, what what's the plans now going ahead for the seasons with Longford? Is promotion on the, on the horizon for you? Have you thought that far ahead? Well, um, in football, you have to be playing. You know, like that's part of the, the career. You need to be playing. Once you're playing, people see you. They can see what you're doing. I felt last year, not many people got to see what I actually could do. Uh, really, uh, which is, is kind of frustrating as a personal point of view because you are working so hard and you're putting in a lot of work, but it's not really being seen, or you're not really giving your chance too much. You know, um, uh, so yeah, for this year, it's like I'd like to get playing. Uh, I want to want to try force my way in to the team and have a have a big uh, contribution to the team and help the lads. Like it's a usual an unusual dynamic now. It kind of hits you fast and hard. Like I'm one of the oldest players in the team, and um, I don't feel it. But <laughs> you're kind of looking around the dressing room and like you think the lads are similar age to you and stuff, but they're they're quite a few years younger and stuff. And you you want to bring that experience and and try help. The younger lads and help the team as much as possible, and I'd like to do that on the field this year, you know, um, and and that would be my aim. And then if you have a good season, then uh, as you know, football is very precarious, and anything can happen. It, it can be very up and down, but you give yourself the best opportunity then to like try to get back into the Premier Division, you know. And from say the coverage of League of Ireland, it was always it's always is a hot topic. Um, but have you found maybe that the coverage of it has been improved in Ireland at any respect because we know the online games are going off uh, quite a bit and we see in the women's game just the atmosphere in the a- in the FAI Cup final was just huge it was massive and you know we had a lot of Carlo and Kilkenny connections in that final as well but the coverage overall of the League of Ireland and in, indeed the First Division have you found that to improve at all? Um, very slightly if anything um, 
I, I don't think too much has changed really. I think the main thing is it's great to see that the women games now are actually getting some live games and I think it was last year was the first time the Shelburne ladies were actually on the telly. I think that was the first ever live uh, women's game and then obviously uh, for the League of Ireland but then the cup matches for the women or the cup finals to be to be shown like that's great to see that but the the women's side of football is being shown as well but if you look at it in, in a whole in my opinion um, compared to other leagues in other countries like th- th- there's matches on every every weekend on telly in other countries and you look in on Ireland and you're lucky to get one of the League of Ireland matches on telly in, in fairness, they have tried to bring in the League of Ireland TV and it's a subscription paid um, service that like allows fans to watch it on their laptop and stuff, but that's only newly come in and I've heard there's been difficulties with like the, the signal and certain things up and down. And, uh, but overall, I, I heard it was positive and a lot more viewers got to watch games and they could watch it from home and stuff like that, which which is great. But um, as regards to the coverage live on TV and stuff, and that side of it, I think it's lacking a lot. But as regards to the writers and some of the, the pundits and stuff, they, they do write some great stuff and cover a lot of the games on their Twitter. And a lot of them do it off their own back and they report on the games, in fairness to them. And, and they do give it great coverage. Um, definitely, I feel the League of Ireland could have a lot more, you know. And... Um, I've also seen that a lot of the clubs have record season ticket uh, uh, memberships. Um, so you can see there is an interest and it is growing. But, yeah, it does not get the coverage. I don't think, that, um, you know, some other sports would, you know. Certainly, um, I agree. I'm a massive soccer fan myself. I was actually somewhat disappointed that after the Bray and Cabantini merger, that there wasn't a little Kenny Carlo franchise been put in. But obviously, the financial woes of, of of some clubs that have come and gone is is definitely uh, playing a factor in something like that. There is some hope that there will be a Kilkenny or Carlo Kilkenny uh, women's national team in the next two years or so. So hopefully, that'll follow up with a, a men's team. Will we be expecting you now to be back? now for the Carlo Championship in the off-season or anything? <laughs> for, the, for the Carlo Championship, I, I heard you were just talking about it there. They, they had a, uh, a narrow loss there to London yeah, yesterday. That was very unlucky. Um, I, I probably wouldn't be able to mix the two with my contract with Longford. I, uh, like that, that's my preference. Or that's not... Well, it's kind of my first priority, really. Like uh, That's kind of what... what uh, uh, I'm doing so I wouldn't be I'd love to be able to mix the two I'd love to be able to play the two if, if possible but um, uh, physically I, I feel I wouldn't be able to give my best for, for either you know um, but yeah if, if, if in an ideal world I'd love to be playing and playing both you know I love love playing sport and seeing other sports and I always have even watching Rafa today like that was an incredible match and even here and there, another Carlo lady uh, doing really well, uh, Molly Scott there, um, actually breaking the breaking records, yeah, record like uh, it's fantastic to see all that. Um, but um, as regards to me playing. I'd love to do it all if I could, you know. <laughs> you just can't. Well, Eric, thanks ever so much for your time. Best of luck with Longford for the rest of the season. We'll no doubt be following your journey along the way and we're looking forward to seeing what comes and hopefully we'll have uh, something to chat about midway through the season, at the end of the season, as you're picking up more silverware. 
fingers crossed. A lot of hard work between now, but thanks very much, Shane. Absolutely. All the other teams and, and uh, Carlo Native, the best of luck in their sports is too. After a long absence, we also caught up with Damien Coyne to talk all about foot golf. The first event of our, of our calendar year each year for the last three years has always been a kind of an open event. Uh, so it's kind of, it wouldn't be one of the official tour calendar, but it's usually one just to kickstart us. And the whole idea of it each year is to just try and attract new players to the sport. So on the day of the pairs competition, this is the first year we ran it as a pairs competition. And the thinking behind that was that all the regular members and regular pros and amateurs that normally partake in the tour are not allowed to pair up with anyone that's on the national team. So the idea is that they would have to bring somebody to play with them that probably hasn't played competitive football before or is kind of maybe kind of had shown a fleeting interest in the last couple mm. of years. And it's a good opportunity for them to come and play alongside some of the best players in the country and some of the best players in Europe um, and just see that side of the, of the game, you know. So it's it's genuinely a competition to somewhat unearth new talent. Yeah, that's that's virtually the, or pretty much the idea behind it is is to try and just uh, unearth new talent on anyone like that has been kind of playing with their mates and they could be, you know, they might be beating their mates and they might think, oh, they might. I'd love to see how I how I compare on a national level in this sport, and it's a great opportunity in a relaxed environment and not very com- overly competitive like you know it is still a competition but it's 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 run in good spirits and it's more more of a kind of a an introduction to the sport than anything you know and you mentioned then that the kind of elite guys at it can't really pair with each other guys on the national team or anything like that but can people like do you need to have your own partner to play or do you guys organize a partner for each player who wants to try it out for themselves yeah, so we want it to be open to everybody. So if you are if you are only able to make it on your own and you're not able to organise a partner or anybody's come with you, you can just message us directly on any of the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, or directly through the website, and we'll organise a partner for you. So if you just want to register and play on your own, you can do that and just pay your own registration, and we will we'll find a partner for you then to play on the day. It's a big year for foot golf in general in Ireland. The Four Nations is being played in the Pocock. What is that competition for people that maybe don't know? Uh, so the Four Nations, this is the inaugural Four Nations Championship, so first one ever. Um, it's going to be Team Ireland uh, versus Scotland, England and Wales. So each of the four uh, countries have had our own qualification process uh, to make the national squad last year. So... Um, it's the best of the best from all four countries going battling it out against each other in Kilkenny. So how it would look like is um, over the course of the weekend, each of the, each team would play each other, and then there'd be a semi final and a final. So um, it's, it's very exciting. We're delighted to be hosting it. Uh, that Ireland was chosen to be uh, the ho- the host nation for the first year, and it's it's very exciting. We're just it's like. <laughs> For folk golfers, like it's like it's like counting down to Christmas or something for us. Like we're just we can't wait, you know. And is it becoming more important then to work together with other countries so the sport can grow? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so there there does be European Championships and there does be World Championships um, within the sport of folk golf. So they ran um, European Championship will be say this year, and then the World Cup will be the following year, and they ran like that. 
but I suppose the idea of the Four Nations was just another kind of competitive international tournament that we could set up ourselves between Ireland, England, Scotland and Wales. Like the World Cups can be in Morocco and next year's World Cup is actually in, in Florida. So it can be difficult to to organise and difficult to get to. Um but the idea of the Four Nations is to like to unearth new talent and bring on uh, new players, squads of sides are bigger and there's more of a chance for them to make the international team. Um, so it's it's just to keep promoting the sport and just to, the best way to, to, to get better at football is to start playing in competitive in a competitive environment and um, the local competitions that we do are great for that but the international ones are just a different different gravy altogether like you know the experience you get from going abroad and playing the tournament is, can't be matched you know yeah well over the past few years we've been speaking to Carlos Stan Brennan and just the enthusiasm that he has for the sport and how he has been excelling in the sport is great to see is he down in the Pocock quite regularly yeah so Pocock would be Stan's uh, local course um, and I suppose Stan's playing I don't know quote me now but he's definitely playing five plus years he's, he's represented us at those World Cups that I've been speaking about I mean he he was in Morocco in 2009 and he done quite well but last year particularly had a, he had a very good season last year um, coming second I think overall in the, in the whole country um, and like he was right up there like he was leading leading the, the tour um, up to the halfway point I think and then his uh, Pocock teammate uh, Jimmy Barry just pipped him then in the end the last couple of competitions but Pocock itself and Fuckoff Kilkenny is, is a very very strong uh, club in within the country of Fuckoff like it'd be definitely top three you know um, so the, the, Fuckoff is alive and well in, in Leinster we've two really good courses one in Kildare one in Kilkenny we've other great courses as well in Dublin and Mead and stuff, but it's it's uh, Kilkenny have actually six players. Football Kilkenny have six players on on the Irish national squad this year, uh, which is great, you know. So and uh, like talking about kind of growing the sport as well is is foot golf accessible then for, for, for children um, uh, for female representation in it or is it just generally kind of so far because it's growing it, it's been a male dominated thing it was very much a male dominated sport I got involved in 2019 and um it was just an all-male sport, really, here in Ireland. And then I took uh, charge of football here in Ireland. I'm the president there for the last two years. And one of the things I, tr- I tried to do was to encourage females to take up the sport and the junior category because we were quite active in the senior, in the men's category and the senior men's category, but we'd no representation for the ladies' side or from the junior side. So last year, 2021, was the first ever tour completed in Ireland where we actually had. Uh, competition in all four sections so the ladies and the junior section were contested last year and um, it was great it was great to see we had a, a girl from Waterford won the ladies section and uh, we had a girl from Kilkenny actually won the, the junior section so um, the junior girl section so it's great it's great to see that side of the game developing and I just look forward to the day where Ireland can sell, send a full international squad juniors, ladies, seniors and men's to a world competition and, and represent us the way we deserve to be represented. But we can only do that by events like what we're having with the Paris competition and just and people like yourselves are good enough to give us the coverage um, and just to try and get out there that okay, fuck off, it is a growing and emerging sport but it's it's growing and emerging rapidly and there's 
great opportunities there for people to to um who who are good at or interested in it to to develop even further and to maybe to go on in the country like that's just I done it myself in 2019 and it was like it was was unreal it was an unreal experience you know and for some that development could start with the pairs competition Sunday February 27th if people are liking what they're hearing Damien where can they find out more information or how can they register so com. you can just uh, go on there have a look at the website you'll find the event details on the website um, and you can just drop an email there and register there and then with your interest, with your intent to play, and um, you can if you you can do it through any of the social media channels as well. So Facebook, Instagram, and one of the committee will get back to you straight away, and we'll we'll we'll, we'll walk you through. It was fairly straightforward. It's fifteen euro per player, thirty euro per team, and all funds raised from this competition are going towards uh, uh, supporting the national team in the Four Nations. Uh, it's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing event for us. Yeah, uh, delighted with the response. And actually, we've uh, we've we've still teams contacting us now at the minute, like still to get in, like you know. So it's uh, unfortunately like at seventy two. That's where we're at. That's the plan, like you know. Um, if we had more space, we we do more, you know. But seventy two, as you said, it's an, it's an amazing number to have involved, like you know. And you see some big teams involved as well. Of course, Shelburne, uh, P-Mount, who has been dominant in the Women's National League for so long. Some big names involved in it. Absolutely. Like, uh, 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 not, not just them. Like, we've actually we've, we've teams coming from Derry as well, Tight Park, teams from Kilkenny, teams from uh, Wicklow, Wexford. It's, it's an amazing, you know, as I said, from Dublin there as well, like Kildare. It's a huge, huge event for us, like, you know. And again, like, the, the response has been amazing. I think we, we launched it, you know, uh, a couple of weeks back and it was nearly full within a week and a half or two weeks, like, you know, amazing. Uh, it's it's great seeing the the site go from strength to strength. Any time I'm up in the watershed, which is I think generally where you train, we were training I believe at the same time uh, on a Friday night. But just seeing the amount of numbers that are so invested within Kilkenny United, invested in the project, I know that you've been there from the ground up. It's just it's it's so heartening to see. Uh, listen, it, it, it's uh, obviously losing the license back uh, a couple of years ago was fairly tough to swallow. Now, to be honest, for all of us, like involved. And, um, you know, we we always had a plan, the development was there, and now, you know, we're delighted now with the numbers that, as you said, like, it's, it's grown every week, and the, the the girls' football, they're going from strength to strength, we had another good performance today, like, in, in the in the league, like, and, uh, yeah, it's going well, actually, dad was up watching the game as well today, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for, you mentioned the licence there, for any other team, that could have been seen as a hammer blow, but you've kind of taken it in your stride to to a degree because you're continuing to march forward. You entered into the, the, the Wexford League. Uh, how has that been playing out for you? Uh, actually, really good. Uh, like I said, um, the, the, the league down there is very strong. Every game we've played, actually, has been very, very competitive for, for both the underage and the women league. Um, and, uh, we're, you know, it's gone really well for us now. The women are, are still waiting for that elusive, elusive win, but That'll come, you know. Again, we 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 started from scratch there. Uh, we've half the team have never played football before. Uh, some have and uh, some experience there, but 
they're a great bunch of girls to have to say they really are like, and uh, they, they never give up like, you know and that's, that's what I love about most of the teams once they never give up like, you know and, and when you mention players that haven't played before like it, that, that's what grassroots football is about it's about exposing it to people who may be on the fringes of it maybe have reservations about it but once they get involved and once they get ingrained in the culture of a club it's so eye-opening to be able to experience being in a team with someone everyone's striving for the one goal well, I actually, I take my hat off to these to the players. Like, I mean, like we've eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one year old girls that have never played football before, and I mean never, um, and never played GA or anything like that. That's that's a huge thing, in my opinion. I take I take my hat off to them because to step up and start playing like at that age, and and to be honest, they're flying it. You know, to <laughs> come on so much like in the last five or six months, and the improvement is immense. You know, we believe in the football that we're playing. Uh, we're not just getting the keeper to launch it, like you know, and, and get it up into the front two or anything like that. It's, we're getting it down and we're playing football from the back out, like you know. So it's uh, it's, it's amazing, like, and the results will come. I've not, I've not doubt in my mind, like. Um, talking about when we're talking to various different clubs in in any really discipline, we always like to kind of talk about the effect COVID had on people, uh, especially when we're talking to Dr. Una Walsh from Sport Ireland. Uh, she was very concerned about uh, young women continuing with sport throughout the uh, pandemic, whether it be camogie or basketball or indeed soccer. How has Kilkenny United been able to somehow weather that storm and be able to keep people invested within the club during that Difficult period. Um, actually, I, I, look, I, I'm, I'll be honest. I think we've done really well uh, for, for that period. Uh, we've been doing stuff online with the players. You know, we, we we kept an interest going. We kept pure involvement and everything. And uh, thankfully, everybody is stuck at it. Like you know, um, as I said, we, we've all ages groups there now still in the club. We've uh, we've twenty seven girls, I think, in the senior team. You know registered and that's it like you know they're, they're, they've kept it going like so we're delighted like um, and I have, a great, I have a great group in the club you know Keith and Ushin and all the lads there Carol and Vanessa a lot of good people in the club you know do a lot of great work like you know I was just about to highlight that because the, there seems to be an ethos within the club as you mentioned you want to play out from the back you don't want to hoof it from it uh, so obviously a lot of coaching and coaching development and qualifications has came into that have you been open to people coming to start their coaching journey and getting involved in Kilkenny United or do you have to come from a bit more of an experience no 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 absolutely not no look you know we've actually there's three people involved at the underage there that have, you know, they've only started their coaching path now and um, they're up and running there as well. We've another few of the senior players now are, are taking an interest in getting involved as well with the underage and that's what it's all about, you know, because like, look, I, like, I do a lot of coaching as I'm sure you know, like, that I, I do a lot of coaching up there myself and, uh, but there's only so much you can do, like, you know, so we need people to get involved and, we're a community club and, and we're going to continue to be that way you know we want people to get involved in the club at, at any stage they feel like you know and they can get involved as you make history on Monday night you're going up against Adamstown the first ever fixture to be played on, on a Monday instead of a Sunday in the Wexford League so a huge game under the lights I assume yeah under the lights yeah, yeah. now look it's uh, Monday night football on Sky Sports as opposed to putting up there fairly soon but uh, now look it's, it's, it's great like you know again walking out with it's a great, it's a great feeling walking out under the lights, like you know, as well playing a match. Like I, I, I always love that atmosphere. Like you know, it's great. You'll have Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville doing analysis afterwards.
Yeah, there's a few people that allow themselves to do the analysis up there for me. Shane, we can't wait for the Maybank holiday weekend. No doubt we'll be talking before that as so many matches, so much organising and preparation has to go in to bring something so monumental to the area. It's a kudos to everybody involved in Kilkenny United, just looking at the, the teams involved and knowing the amount of work that goes into just getting one game ahead. But all the games that you have throughout all the age groups, truly a testament yeah. to everything that you've been doing at Kilkenny United. We're big supporters of everything you do here. We're looking forward to following your journey within the Wexford League and, of course, on that Maybank holiday weekend. Yeah, well, look, it's, we're, we're, we're pushing on and, uh, the, as I said, the the, uh, the tournament is going to be amazing. The draws for the, the group stages will be all getting done fairly soon. Uh, and the good thing about the event, the way, the way we're running it is every team gets to a final. Um, so it's, 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 it's encouraging all the kids. You know, OK, some are going to have couple of tougher games in their groups and stuff like that but that'll all balance out so if you finish in fourth place in your group you'll play the opposition in fourth place in your final so everything gets to the final everything will have a medal and a cert and then trophies for the winners so it should be a great day all round And we also had our weekly check-in with Davy Jones to give us the lowdown on all things fitness people come to us when we have a job where they're sitting down all day or you know not very active and they get very stiff and very sore and once they start exercising like we were saying last week they kind of they cramp up or they might get a slight injury or stuff like that so the main thing is is, is to mobilise the person before we go into any sort of advanced training and it's just just some years of experience from watching people and seeing what works what doesn't work from experience from myself from injuries I had in the past and what same thing what works and what doesn't work and yeah the main thing is a lot of people especially in January a lot of people get into the gym and you know to go for head for leather and you go a bit too hard too soon and then end up getting injured and you know unfortunately that, that stops us for the whole year then and then we not start again until next January and that's, that's what we don't want we want people to get in and uh, achieve their goals and have a, a, a long a long life in the gym and they're the physical tricks that you can do different types of stretches to help with your squat and different types of movements that you can do to help with your shoulders and opening up your body but one thing that struck me for the past while um, I talked about maybe the uniform nature between you and your employees about how you all sing off the same hymn sheet but I've noticed for a while that when you're doing it because we're operating at a high rep at low weight basis when you're doing it there's these little tricks that are um, employed by yourself or anything to help you cope when it becomes strenuous on your body. So I noticed towards the end you do a quick 2-1 to make it think that it's not going to be as strenuous as, as what it was um, or blocking off your reps. So if you have 15 reps to do, do it in counts of five. And they're little mental tricks that do help you along the way. Exactly, yeah. Like our mind it's going to lead the way in, in, in any sort of training like you know our body is usually more capable but if we can just kind of fool ourselves into making it a bit easier than what it actually is we'll always do better and everyone's the same like you we're doing that with yourself Shane we're doing that with all our clients and do that with myself I tell myself a lot of like sometimes to get myself <laughs> through stuff and yes even there today I was training there today and just the last few reps and sets were very hard and the lads were shouting at me you know just one more one more well really there were five or six more but you know it's just uh, it's just, it's just to keep your head going and that's, that's the main thing everything needs from, from your mind 
and uh, does your diet feed into your headspace thing? Because we know that fuels your body, but does it feed into your headspace? I've had a particularly hard session there with Vinny on Friday. We were doing shoulders. We were doing kind of a new stance on shoulders to activate different muscles. And I just found that it was quite mentally straining. And that's when he was doing the blocks of five things for me. Um, Mentally and physically exhausting. Maybe I wasn't putting the correct type of uh, uh, food in my body at the correct times. And that's something that he suggested when he heard what I had eaten that day. But does that fuel into your mindset as well? Not just physical exhaustion, but mental exhaustion. Yeah, well, I suppose like if you're if you're physically exhausted, your mind's just going to keep on telling you, "No, I'm tired today. That's like I'm not going to be able to do this." And everyone's the same. Like I said, I give them feelings. And last weekend I was training last Sunday morning. I got tired. You know, had in my head that I was tired before I even started. But you know, you get in, you get done. And once you actually get going and get moving, you liven up a bit. But yeah, like food is a is a big importance to energy levels. And then if our energy levels are low, if you're not eating enough, or you're eating bad quality food, and you know your head's going to be there straight away. I'm too tired for this. I can't do this. And yeah, food is everything. Like you know, like I always say to people, people are always ask me about weight loss, what exercises, whatever. But the main thing with weight loss is actually what you put in your mouth because. If you're eating too much food, you can't do exercise that. And same thing if if you're someone who wants to put on muscle and you're not eating enough food, you're not going to put on muscle. So it's, it's food is actually more important than what any, anyone does in the gym. Food first and then train and then recovery. And say someone that, that's coming in maybe that likes having their pizza on a Saturday night or they like having a burger on a Friday or going out and have some fine dining. Is that a balancing act when you're in like a 10-week course or is it that that's cut out? Yeah, well, it's not completely cut out. Um, ideally, I'd like it to be as little as possible with my clients, but uh, at the end of the day, we're not training for the Olympics. We're not, you know, we're not training for like a specialised sport or anything like that. So it's everyday life. There's going to be parties. There's going to be this, that, and that are going on. And having a few drinks or having a bit of bad food every now and again, it's not the end of the world. Just being accountable for it. Like say, right, I had whatever bad food there yesterday. I'll get in get trained today now get the ball back on back on my diet now today and that's it like you know at the end of the day you can't you can't eat clean 24-7 you know 365 that's just not feasible like you know they, we won't enjoy it then you know you have to have your outbreaks of whatever it be a bit of bad food here and there a bit you know, going out for a night out whatever it be but like I said just getting back on track is number one and getting your head back on track and getting back into your training getting back into your nutrition and enjoy your times out enjoy, enjoy your parties enjoy your bad food and but just not too much of it and enjoy your training as well that's that's what I found kind of when you're in the gym there's a very positive attitude emanating from everybody over there and it's quite encouraging to see other people going through the same journey that you're going on um, albeit things get added as you go along as you become a bit more fitter and uh, stuff that you mightn't think would contribute uh, it certainly is contributing so over the next say from week one to week four a good few different things have been added plates have been added to different bars but different exercises have been added as well can that be expected throughout the journey for anybody that signs up that the first week to the tenth week you might notice an aesthetic difference but your strength might be different or you might have a different mobility mindset because you're trying different things exactly yeah trying different things is number one it's all it's all progression Shane no matter what you do if you come into the gym and you can only walk for a minute on the treadmill we'll do a minute and a half next week if you come into the gym and you're someone that's fairly fit like yourself you're well able to lift we're doing a little bit more next week and you have an advanced person that's lifting hundreds of kilos we're adding that a little bit more next week it doesn't make a difference what level you're at 
is that progression. Do you know, I'm fighting every day to add a little bit more, and I'm weight training now 10 years, you know what I mean? And that that's what we all strive for. It doesn't make a difference what level you're at or what you're lifting or what your, what your cardio fitness is or whatever. A little bit every week over the long long term doesn't big results, you know what I mean? Where people who go too hard too soon and try to get too too much results too soon to say weight loss especially they want to lose a stone in in two weeks, you know, that's not that's not healthy and that's feasible, you know what I mean? So it's just kinda if dropping a couple of pounds every week and then over the space of six months that's a massive amount of weight. You know, if you have if you need to lose a massive amount of weight like And if people want to follow along my journey the Week four, I believe we're on training with Davy. We'll be going up uh, just after scoreline today. Um, Davy, if people are li- maybe liking the blog or liking listening to yourself, and they want to make a change, you still have a sale on at the moment for I, I think what one day left, two days left to sign up for the year at Davy Jones Fitness. Where can they find out more information on that? Yeah, that's on our Instagram or Facebook, David Jones Fitness, and we have uh, one year's membership for 199 euro. Two days left on that sale, so uh, if anyone wants to take uh, take advantage of that, they can contact us, they can pop into us, and or if anyone just wants to ask me any questions about fitness and health, anyone getting stuck in in January, just message me on Instagram, or Facebook. My number is on the on our socials. Just give me a text, and I can help you out whatever you're, whatever you're stuck on. And finally, we spoke to Joe Sheehan, our greyhound expert. Well, it's an absolutely cracking night of action to look forward to in the greyhound racing world tonight. And the crowds are back, the normal times are back, and the good times are certainly back in Shelburne Park tonight because we have the 2022 RC ETS Gold Cup semi-finals to look forward to. And the best of all, we have fantastic local interest in this year's competition and definitely a big chance of going a long, long way towards winning the coveted prize and €40,000 prize fund. It's an absolutely whopping amount of money. So fantastic to see that and great to see the crowds rolling back in their droves in Shelburne Park and indeed our local Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium as well. In the first semi-final, we have Trap Tree, a greyhound called Zoom, trained by the local Conaghy man, Mert Lahey. His name has been mentioned many times on this show and he has a big chance tonight he actually has two runners in the seat as he also has trapped six stories direct Zoom is owned by the Club of Champions Syndicate a very strong syndicate of about 20 or 25 people spread all over the place and they have a very good greyhound and he's given him great nights and I'm sure there is many more to come with this greyhound Zoom and the syndicate is led of course by Gavin O'Mahony who is a wonderful local track sponsor here in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium so best of luck to them and also best of luck to the ZS Syndicate who own Stories Direct and I'm sure Mert Lahey and his team are very excited about their prospects tonight so Trap 3 Zoom and Trap 6 Stories Direct in the first semi-final are our local interests and hopes and we hope that they can qualify for next week's Gold Cup final they both have a big chance Zoom was second last week in a time of 28.74 but he has 28.23 on his card around Shelburne Park and Stories Direct has 28.31 on his card around Shelburne Park those are really really fast runs and if they can reproduce that level of form they will certainly go a long way towards getting into the Gold Cup final so best of luck to local connections in that one in the second semi-final Vanderbilt runs for Carl Ramsbottom who is a very prominent trainer in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium he's from Timahoe and Leash but runs many of his grounds in 
our local stadium. So best of luck to him. And also Trap 6, Good Cody for the Kennedy family, whose father, John, comes from Erlingford. He's trained by the wonderful Patrick Gilfoyle, the Irish Derby winning trainer. And I'm sure he will have his Good Cody primed for tonight. He won last week in 28-47. And from tra- Trap 6, he has a big, big chance and he's certainly a favourite for this year's Gold Cup. So best of luck to the locally connected Greyhounds tonight at run in Shelburne Park. There's going to be a massive crowd tonight and fantastic to see restrictions lifted. And back in the full swing of things locally in Kilkenny Greyhounds Stadium, we have a lot to look forward to. We also had a great card last night and a very strong nine race card. And of course, not too long away is the McCallmont Cup starting in the first week of March though that's the big one on this side of the calendar so we're really really looking forward to that it's on the horizon and it's looming but as of now last night we had nine race card and a very very strong card indeed we also had the semi-finals of the RC ETS A3 competition last night and that produced whopping performances by both semi-finalist winners the first semi-final was won by Milestone Savola in a very, very quick time of 28.68. That's a whopping, whopping run for an A3 Greyhound to do a run like that. It's a really, really impressive and will have a massive, massive chance in next week's A3 final. And of course, Milestone Savola has been a very, very consistent Greyhound in its career and will have a big part to play in next week's final Clondotty Porrick finished second for the Schlieverda Syndicate and Foyle Amy finished third for Damien O'Connell and trainer Thomas Lai so they all progressed through to next week's final in the other semi-final Belly Bock Bella done the business in a very very quick time of 28.67 an astounding performance so really really impressive to see those kind of runs for the trainer who has many runners in Shelburne Park tonight he was on the score sheet again last night in Kilkenny Greyhounds and Mark Lahey had his greyhound absolutely primed last night Carlo Jett finished second for Henry Kelly and back in third Sober Regrets the well, very well named Sober Regrets finished back in third and those three progress through to next week's RCETS A3 final so a whopping final to look forward to in Kilkenny Greyhound Stadium next Friday night elsewhere in the card we had a very very interesting 7-2-5 race so this is a distance race for greyhounds who have m- much stamina and a fantastic run by Carl's Bush Girl to win in 41.09 for owner trainer Brian Edward. Elsewhere, the novice race was won very impressively by Greenview Sydney, for joint owners Jerry Dunn and Edward Clifford. So, oh, well done to them. The last race on the card was very, very impressive indeed, with Boyle Sports Dash winning impressively in 28.78 for the owner of Boyle Sports, John Boyle, and local legendary trainer Paul Hennessy. Fantastic trainer of horses and a fantastic trainer of greyhounds. Of course, he had a Cheltenham Festival winner in Heaven Help Us last year. And best of luck to him on his endeavours with her as well. So, well done to all winners last night. And best of luck to our local connections in tonight's RCETS Gold Cup in HQ Shelburne Park tonight. And we come to the end of another edition of Scoreline Extra. Don't forget that you can tune in to the live shows every Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you soon.